about three quarters of the population are influenced by awards. For some industries like marketing, it's even higher. It's over 80% of people are influenced by awards. About 25% of people are heavily influenced by awards. So uh, the other about 50%, 50, 55% of the population are moderately influenced by awards when choosing a provider. Welcome to the Get Real About Business podcast, where we uncover the real deal on what it takes to start and grow a business fast. It's all about earning the right, where we work hard today so we can reap the reward tomorrow. Prepare for some hot tips today. I'll be your host, Clive Maloney. Hey, hey, welcome back. Clive Maloney here, and good time to show up because this is going to be a brilliant episode. We have got Chris Robinson for you today. This is episode 36. We are focusing on how to win business awards. Now, the chances are you're going to fit into one or two camps today. You're either going to be the type of person who thinks, do you know what, I can do this. Uh, Maybe you've gone for awards before um, and you're totally switched on to it. Or maybe you've already decided you're going to do it, but you haven't actually entered one yet, but you're gearing up for it. Whatever the case is, you are ready for awards. And maybe you're looking to see what you can do to get that edge when you go for the awards. Give yourself that extra chance of making sure that you pull in that award that you're going for. Because there's a fair bit of effort that goes into winning a business award. I think that's fair to say. So it it could be that that's you right now that you're looking at a business award. Or it could be that you never, ever considered going for a business award in your life. And you think... That's for other people. That's not for me. Who am I? Certainly, if that is the case, I want to urge you to think again. Today, Chris Robinson is going to help you think about what you need to do to get ready to go for a business award and give you some of the insights into winning a business award. Chris, by the way, is founder of Boost Marketing, and he was the first company to set up 15 years ago now to set up and show people how to apply for and win business awards. Yes, there are other marketing companies out there who will help you with it, but this was the first company to specialize in this. And it comes actually on the back of Chris's own personal success and helping others do just that. So this is the right person for you to be speaking to, or at least listening to today, in order to find out what it takes for you to win a business award. Now to give you the background here, because I often like to do that so you can see where I'm coming from, I've got several clients at the moment who are thinking about getting involved in business awards. And to be honest, I've not got a lot of experience in that area. I did help Isis County Council, where I used to work before. I helped them go through the process several times for different awards. But I wouldn't call myself an expert in this area. My expertise is more about the business growth. But the good thing is that if you focus on growing the right business, you should get those case studies, those stories. And so I was looking for somebody to give me a hand, somebody that I could learn from in order to pick up a few tips. And I came across Chris's website some time ago, and he did this kind of regular newsletter thing where if you sign up to it, you regularly got a list of all the different awards around the world. And I thought that was so useful. It's something that I shared several times in my groups and things that I'm uh, involved in. And so naturally, I wanted to put him in front of you so that you could learn from him too. Fun fact about Chris, he is an Ironman triathlete. 
So this is somebody who really knows about winning. He knows about competition and he knows about winning, both in his personal life and his business life when he's helping businesses win too. So another great reason to listen to him today. What we're talking about in the episode here is two main things. One is about finding the right awards to go for, the right awards to compete in. And this was Chris's main message to me, and I want you to take it away too. Pick your fights, Chris says. So we're going to look at how you go about picking the right business awards for you and for your clients. We'll talk about your overall business objectives in order to go for these awards, beyond, of course, bragging rights, which you're more than entitled to, you win a business award. But what are the strategic goals for you to go in for these business awards? We'll be talking about that. And we'll be talking about what are the criteria that we need to be thinking about when we're going for awards? What's the balance between those criteria? Of course, it will vary from award ceremony to award ceremony. It will vary all the time. But there are some things that we can learn here. And Chris talks about that in the interview. And fundamentally, those things come down to two things. It comes down to your metrics and your evidence for why you should be the best business person, best customer services business, or whatever it is, whatever you're going for. What's the metrics? And the other part is more about the story side. What's the story behind the metrics? And as we discover from the interview today, both of those things are very important. Get the combination right and you stand a very good chance to win those awards. But just before we get into that, let me tell you about today's sponsor, which is WordPerfect VA. Your website is the face of your business and the words you use matter. Make a great impression with professional and compelling copywriting with WordPerfect VA. Visit wordperfectva.co.uk forward slash get real for your free five page review. All right, with that being said and done, it's time for us to get into the interview. Here's me with Chris Robinson of Boost Marketing. Okay, Chris, so we had a really interesting chat the other day and you was telling me about business awards. I mean, my question to you was, how do you go about winning business awards? And that's why I wanted you on the show today. But what was really interesting is that uh, you was really trying to drive home the message about getting the right awards behind your belt. So I kind of want to talk to you about that today and I want to pick your brains an awful lot around how we can go about going for the right awards and uh, putting ourselves in a position where we can actually win. Before we do that, can you just give us a bit of a clue about who should be thinking about applying for business awards and why? Okay. Well, the good news about business awards is that there is almost literally an award for everyone from lieu of the year to a pension of a year, to insurance company of a year, IT company of a year. It's, it's, there are plenty of awards out there. There are the industry-specific ones, which will attract pretty much every industry. Then there's the departmental ones. So whether you're in finance or HR or customer service in a call center, deep buried in the basement in an IT department, there's an award for you. Um, and uh, there are also generic ones for the whole business or for entrepreneurs. Um, directors it, it is we've got three and a half thousand awards in a database for every country every theme every department so in terms of who can enter awards pretty much everyone uh, in terms of who should enter awards then we tend to find that uh, there's a, a rationale um, behind every uh, award strategy you're either trying to impress employees you're trying to impress an investor 
or you're trying to impress uh, customers uh, and maybe a certain profile of customers, like uh, whether it's uh, customers in a specific department or an industry, high net worth customers, different awards carry different messages to different people. And it's, this is why a big message is pick your fights carefully because no matter who you're saying it to and what you're saying, and what industry you're from, there will be an award or 10 out there that will get the right message to the right people. So do your research, pick your fights is the first message I want to get across. Yeah. Have you had three and a half thousand awards, did you say? Yeah, it's, a, it, it's taken 12 years to build this list. Um, it's entirely, uh, it's, it's like, because we're the first in the industry and the biggest global, globally, someone has to have the big awards list and we've taken it upon ourselves to manage it. We've also launched an awards trust mark to try and make awards ethical and follow a code of conduct. Um, and the awards databases are you know, in different regions, but if you look at whether it's for Southeast or London, UK, EMEA, MENA, Global, America, India, South Africa, you know, you add them all together, three and a half thousand, and we have to update that regularly because the deadlines for links, for dates change on a daily basis. So yeah, it's a lot of choice, but just because an email landed in your intray this morning saying, hey, great award scheme, enter it today, doesn't mean you should stop, take stock. Is this really going to say the right thing to the right people, add value to our business? It's a lot of money to to do a good entry, go to the dinner, book a hotel. Some awards dinners aren't even in London. So yeah, um, definitely an award for every business, for every message, but just so much choice. Okay, so uh, obviously the, the primary reason it seems to be that it's a great opportunity to uh, kind of showcase your business, phenomenal, you know, in terms of credibility. Uh, and you, you did mention the fact that there's costs involved in going for a business award. So it'd be interesting to find out a little bit about that. But um, beyond the immediate, uh, you know, the obvious credibility that you can get from winning a business award, What's the benefits? Why would we do this? Okay. Um, the, whenever doing an award strategy, you start with the end in mind. You know, why are we doing this? Is it to sell more widgets or is it to hire more talented people? And you get a bunch of people in the room. Ideally, you know, we do these awards planning sessions either on a phone or better still on site. We do workshops. And uh, you get people to agree. You know, what are we trying to say? Why are we trying to say it? Who are we trying to say it to? And get them to agree their benefits. Now, we've done research. Um, it's based in the UK. It's focused primarily on service providers, which I understand are the main listeners to this podcast. That's right. And uh, for people buying services off service providers, about three quarters of the population are influenced by awards. For some industries like marketing, it's even higher. It's over 80% of people influenced by awards. About 25% of people are heavily influenced by awards. So uh, the other about 50%, 50, 55% of the population are moderately influenced by awards when choosing a provider. And that's the big one. Uh, we found before the whole global crisis, because we did start before 2008, believe it or not, uh, people would enter awards and they'd say, it's good PR. Uh, that's no longer the case. People, if people are going to, particularly if they're going to hire us to write their entry, which you know, has a price tag associated with it, if it's a really important one and their CEO is going to the dinner, and they want to go up on stage and win, then what is the justification for putting a whole night in the CEO's diary, spending 
you know, potentially two and a half grand on an awards dinner and all the hotel and travel costs, um, it's got to be a worthwhile award. And it's one that will make you sell more. And uh, it's, it's one that ideally says we are the best provider. We offer an outstanding customer service. We do the best projects. Maybe our case studies are award winning. Something that has strong commercial value. And in many industries, that will make the difference between winning and losing. We knew a telecoms provider that went from supplying SMEs to supplying major corporates simply because they started winning credible awards. And marketing agencies the same. A lot of companies that are trying to break into an established marketplace can do so better if they have an award which says provider of the year. So you might not have heard of us, but we're actually the best and here's the award to prove it. And often on creds pitches and sales materials, uh, the final page will say, don't take our award, don't take our word for it. And it'll list some credible awards. And that is the big reason. But when you say what's your secondary reason, people will often say it's to hire and retain talent. It's, you know, we've all supported a team, whether it's a passionate following of a football team or uh, a, a, you know, a national uh, a, a, a football event or rugby or whatever or the Olympics we know how good it feels when you're winning your team is a winning team and, and it has that buzz it's very very good for morale and uh, there's also a lot of people will say it's because I'm trying to get capital I'm trying to do an exit I've got an investment need and they will enter awards very different strategy but they will enter awards which say we're a well-run ship so they might go for the chamber awards or the new business awards or something. and and those awards are for a different purpose and you choose awards accordingly. So loads of loads of benefits to entering awards, but you've got to get clear in your head, why am I doing this? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that uh, anytime we do anything in a business, we all, always want to ask that question, why? And so I was particularly yeah. interested, is this just purely a vanity thing? Because, you know, hey, it's nice to, to have, you know, an award just to say that you're really good. But, you know, does this have a benefit beyond that? And so, yeah, by the sound of it, um, you're saying that, was it something like over 55% of people it will influence their buying decision with you? And another 25% are very influenced. So it's actually the majority. Yeah, it's, in some industries, it goes up to about 82% and, and others down to 75% are influenced in some way. Now, if you do a parallel research, the number one reason why people will buy a service is for people. They will buy given the quality of a person who tries to sell to them. That is the number one factor. Yes. Also, you've got factors like reputation, brand awareness, uh, quality of service, locations. These are really expensive things to nail. So if you look along the list of things that influence it, yeah, awards aren't the biggest influencer, um, but they're actually a very cost-effective way to potentially tip the balance in your favor um, if you compare it to other factors which influence a buying decision like yeah. hiring expensive salespeople and doing expensive adverts and hiring expensive offices. It's, it's a pretty cheap way to boost your reputation a little bit. Yeah. So if, make a break. Yeah. So if you're in a position where perhaps you're in an industry that's, there's lots of uh, competitors out there, yeah. it's kind of hard to differentiate yourself. You've got that differentiator there. And it was interesting what you're saying about it's, it's great for breaking into a new area you know, yes. if you're not established, you've not got that reputation, but potentially you can come in and, you know, and show your capability. And it's, it's uh, I suppose the, the thing is, it's not just you saying, well, we're, we're great. You've got that external validation. 
Absolutely. And that's the thing. It, the, the most popular award scheme in the calendar for us is the Employee Benefits Awards, because that is exactly as you say. It is an industry packed with people offering pensions and flexible benefits and you know, childcare vouchers and total award savers and all very, very similar services. They've all got a portal. They've all got some brokering. It's really hard to distinguish one from the other. So as an industry, they are crazy for awards. Um, and there's only a few schemes that are, are credible in their target audience. So it's interesting that the industries where that's the most pronounced, in insurance is another one, um, where it's all about price, but they desperately want to differentiate themselves from just price. So they try and win customer service awards and say, uh, don't just get, we're not just great at insurance, we offer the award-winning customer service. We have an award-winning call center. Um, and then, so there's a lot of uh, alignment between certain industries um, and awards. There's also interestingly different departments. The HR department absolutely loves awards because they've got a bit of an identity issue. They're often uh, looked at as the, sort of the go-to people, the people who do other people's biddings. You know, there's often a bit of a um, uh, an, an issue with uh, being HR being seen as a st strategic contributor to a business. So certain departments have this issue as well. Marketing are very good at measuring results, but uh, yeah, they get beaten up if their campaigns aren't effective. So the marketing industry is often agency driven. The agencies want to win the awards. Whereas uh, in HR, it's often the HR department, the client that is interested in awards. And often you can get your client to pay the bill for entering the award or at least go halves on it. So it, it's different industries, but it's normally the people who have something to say and a bit of a concern about getting that message across we are award-winning has some real value and it's not just about vanity there are vanity awards out there there's yeah no denying it an hr department will enter hr director of the year primarily for the vanity of the hr director yeah. but they will enter the same story into hr team of the year which is great for recruitment uh, or better still great places to work award which is a value to the business as well yeah so that's interesting about applying for several different awards. Is that something you would generally recommend or do you just think sort of, well, pick the one you really want to win and, and work hard at that? Yeah, well, most awards will have a blue ribbon award scheme, whether it's the Insurance Times Awards in the insurance sector, but there's also the British Insurance Awards and there is one or two. But that one publisher, EMAP, has a real hold on certain industries. They have the Retail Week Awards, they have the Construction News Awards, they have the Local Government Chronicle Awards, and they will have the industry award. And there's loads of competing schemes, but they own the big one. The biggest magazine has the biggest award scheme. Yes, go for that one. But if you're doing a proper awards plan, you should try and come up with some other award schemes that maybe isn't just a bum fight of vendors. It's maybe you'll go for an award scheme that's run where it is the best insurance provider as a category of an international business award. Or you might go for the UK customer experience awards, best financial services story, rather than go for the customer service category of the Insurance Times Awards. There's a lot of tactical work you can do so that you can reuse the story repeatedly don't just write it once and put all your eggs in that one basket. That's an absolutely terrible strategy because that one or two judges might like your story, but they might not. Um, definitely recycle content. Pick, uh, come up with a plan where you can recycle as much as possible. So you will say, oh, we're entering, we're going for that awards dinner. We are definitely going to that awards dinner. We're going to buy a table at that awards dinner. So let's go for four categories. We're going to enter 
team of a year, strategy of a year, um, alignment of business and team of a year, and innovation of a year. And we're going for four categories, we want three shortlistings, and we want to walk away with one or two comms on the night. And so you have the right number of awards dinners that you can afford, and for each of those awards, enter as many categories as possible, and use as few stories as possible to enter as many categories in as few schemes as possible. So you tend to start with saying, right, how many awards dinners do you want to go to? Three. You say, well, how many awards do you want to win? Well, three ideally. Right, well, we need to come up with nine entries statistically to get you those three awards. And so it's, it's, there's a lot. People think you can just fire from the hip with awards. Oh, there's an email saying the awards deadline is a month away. Think strategically with awards. Align it to your message, your objectives as a business, then align your stories. So pick your fights, pick your troops, come up with a plan, stick with it. And then you will save a ton of money on going to pointless awards dinners and walking away empty-handed if you have a proper plan. Yeah, yeah. And I'm glad you brought up the idea about having a plan. I, I want to ask you some questions about that. But before somebody actually gets going, is there anything else that they need to be asking themselves? So you said, obviously, think about why, you know, who are we doing yeah. for? And you also said you don't want to just start like a couple of weeks away or whatever. You've got to plan for it. What kind of things should we be thinking about up ahead? Well, once you pick your fights, you need to pick your troops. That is, what are the stories that are going to win these correct awards? And uh, you could have loads of ways of packaging the same content. It might be that you're a, a startup or a scale-up business and your story is your business story. But it might be that you talk about your five-year journey, your journey since conception. A lot of awards are an of-the-year award and they're only interested in year-on-year. Year. Um, International Business Awards, which are run in America, really good tactical entry, very high chance of winning a, an award of some sort. Um, it says you have to list your achievements since July or January the year before. So you have a specific window, so your, your story is restricted there. But others like the Queen's Award for Enterprise, which has a September the 2nd deadline, and if you're innovative, sustainable, or trading overseas, you should consider these. Um, those ones are interested in a two- or a five-year window. So you, you have to pick the right story, but it has to be compatible. But every story you choose has to have two qualities. One is, what is the mission accomplished here? What is a happy ending? The second one is it has to feel like that happy ending is relevant to this year's award. So it's a sort of why should you win? And why should you win this year? If your story feels like it's gonna be awesome next year, but it's a little too soon this year, then that's exactly what the judges will think. It's very, very hard to make a judge think, now's the right time for these guys to win. Um, if you don't think so yourself. So timing is important. Our final audited accounts in August, fine, well, let's pick a deadlines from August onwards. So it's all packed into it. So you've got to choose the right story. You've got to have the right data to say mission accomplished. Uh, and so it's narrative, it's evidence. And so you've got a really good story with a really good ending. Yeah, that's really useful. Obviously, People are going to be asking us, or whoever's going to be judging us, are going to be looking to see what the data is. Uh, so if you're going to put yourself up as the best business or whatever it is, then they're going to look for proof of that. But what's interesting yeah. as well is that you're talking about a story, a narrative that supports that. 
So tell us a little bit more about coming up with a story. You know, I'm sure it already exists. It's just finding it though, isn't it? Yeah, there's very much angle finding to, to a story. You could, what you don't want to come across, for instance, if you've launched a new solution or a new product or a client has adopted your service for a case study that you want to enter, you don't want the judge to think, oh, this is just usual fare. Everyone's done this before. They don't want to think that this is a bug fix. This is, ooh, it didn't work, so we fixed it. It's a bit better now. They want to hear that you've done something dramatic. Uh, so you need an angle which feels like it's the biggest, it's the scariest, it's the most complicated, it's the most multilingual, it's the most global. It's, it, it was rolled out. In, there was a great story. It was a very generic story, but it was rolled out in bin lorries. So it was just unified communications at its most complicated. This is a story of how we got unified comms in bin lorries. Yeah, it, judges love an angle like that. Um, so it's trying to find the wow and then hammering it home. And often um, you'll find that uh, when you read the judge's citation and the judge says, aha, yes, you won the award and this is why, it will be something that we picked up on in that kickoff call. Aha, I think the judges are going to like this. So you're really, really ace on that. And sure enough, the judges put down the piece of paper, forgotten all the detail, but picked, remembered that one little spin, that little angle um, that you're really stressing. Like, hey, this is a great solution. It's not unusual, but bear in mind, this was done in a, in a marketing agency. So we've got the toughest audience. It's a creative solution for creative people. How tough can that be? Yeah, it's incredibly tough. So you try and find a, a little angle, um, and that's where uh, a little thought to come up with what's the angle, what's the story here, that's a very value adding. So just saying, right, got an entry form, let's start with question one and work our way through to question 10 isn't a winning approach. You, you come up with your angle, you plan your entry, so you think, right, how do I make sure that the objectives set in section two marry up with the results in section nine? You do a little bit of planning. But certainly, as we're picking your awards, you don't just jump in all guns blazing and just end fire from the hip. You have to plan your story as well as plan your strategy. And find that killer story, that killer angle for either a client case study or your business as a whole. Uh, and then when you find that really good angle and you've got the results to show it wasn't just an incredibly difficult, incredibly clever, incredibly fast project. It was also incredibly successful. We smashed our targets. We far exceeded industry norms. So you've got the result, a combination of a really good story and the data to back up. Um, and uh, the timing is right for the awards. It's appropriate for that award scheme. So award says, this is an award for a, a company that has achieved X, Y, and Z. You, are, you read that criteria and you go, that award was made for us. So it's right data, right narrative, in the right category, the right award scheme. Yeah. And that, that's, that does not come from luck. It, is, it comes from careful planning and yeah, just if you think you're just going to win awards on merit by writing second-rate entries and chucking them into the nearest award that comes into your in-trade, that's not the way to win the bright awards. Yeah, anyway. this is something you can speak to, isn't it? Because you actually started your agency, what was it, about 15 years ago now? Uh, yeah, back in uh, April 2006, the world's first awarding <laughs> consultancy, and no one has yet come up with a a registration certificate earlier than that to prove what they've been doing. Well, not that there's many companies doing it, but... Um, well, congratulations being the first um, out there and uh, 
looks like that you're doing very well for yourselves. But I think the thing was you started by just helping out with your existing organization at the time, wasn't it? And then you was doing well and then yeah. your boss was hiring you out to other people. Is that, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. They back, I think it started back in 2004 and I had a sales director who was keen to, to make a quick buck. Um, I think he had a monthly sales target he was falling short of. And, and one of his clients said, oh, have you noticed these awards are coming up? Uh, I'd really like to win that. Um, you wouldn't happen to know anyone who can write an award entry. And he said, I'll hire out my marketing, head of marketing to you, and he'll do it for, uh, for about a couple of grand. And he plucked a figure out the air and the guy paid for it. I think it was two and a half grand. And, and um, I got to do it. I had to do it in my spare time because I had a day job. And I really enjoyed it. And it won. I thought, oh, that's cool. Uh, went... And, and yeah, thought nothing more of it. Then I went to work for another company um, and they similarly had a big client said, hey, you know what? Um, we, it's a really good solution you just done for us. We wanted to win an award. Um, and they said, oh, I know what, I'll get Chris to do it. And they hired me out for a day rate, but still way in excess of anything we'd ever charge here at Boost. Yeah. Um, and the client just said, oh, all right then. I didn't, there was no procurement process, there was no invitation to tender, we didn't even send a quote. The guy just said, yep, do it. And I was thinking, that was really easy to win that business from a client that's incredibly hard to win business with. Um, so yeah, I went out and I remember I went to a dentist appointment and on the car journey home I thought, you know what, maybe there's a, maybe there's a career here. And I did some research when I got back to the office and sure enough, no one said, I write award entries. So yeah. I, I did. That, I mean, it's, it's a brilliant story. It's a brilliant story. What, what do you think was the thing that made it easier for you? Because other people were applying for things and, and you had a fairly good track record at that time. Did it come back to this story, this narrative, or, or were there other things in play that, that, that made you uh, sort of win more awards? Well, it was interesting. We, you know, I tried to win, win some awards. It was part of my job. Most marketing people it falls onto the lap of whoever's marketing manager. Uh, the marketing, if there's a company big enough to have a marketing director, they'll tend to delegate it down the food chain and it'll fall on someone's lap. And maybe there are good award entry writers. A lot of, we always say our number one competitor is the in-house writer. Uh, they might dump it on their PR agency, which would charge some inordinate day rate. And that tends to go down the food chain as well. Um, but someone's got to, to, to write the entry and, and I ended up being that guy who would write the entry and it just happened that I quite enjoyed it and I didn't pass it down the food chain, I did it myself. And the thing that clinched it, going back to your point, why did it start winning, was it was actually a, a submission, I can't name who it was for, it was part of government, yeah. but they'd hired a university to do a thorough evaluation of the effectiveness of this training project. And as soon as I saw that document, I thought this is gonna win awards because it was a really good evaluation. They had the evidence of effectiveness. And it was a great story anyway. And it was back in the day, back in 2004, I think it was, when awards weren't as competitive as they are now. But as soon as I saw this thorough, independent evaluation of the effectiveness of the project, then I thought, this is gonna win. And sure enough, it did. And that was the, the winning entry that, you know, it was a really important award scheme and it got word out that Chris writes great entries, but the reality is I was basing it on evaluation, which is why um, a little while after founding Boost Marketing, I founded Boost Evaluation, which is that independent evaluation company that learned the lessons from that all the way back in 2004, 
which is that having an independent evaluation of effectiveness is what the judges want and what the client often wants. So um, we became that organization to do the evaluation. And then Boost Marketing was the company that would enter it into awards. Brilliant. But Boost Evaluation has become uh, an entity in its own right doing number crunching and evaluation. So yeah, yeah is a, that, that is the critical thing and it still remains so today. So it's very much about finding the right thing in the first place, and, you know, yeah. to the right qualification. You said about evidence. It makes me think that uh, maybe that's part of what we should be thinking about right up ahead is that yes. are, are we already collecting the right kind of data? If we're not ready this year, what data are we going to need next year? Okay. Your point on are we correct collecting the right data? Uh, our experience of doing this literally thousands of times is probably not. Yeah. Um, very few people come to the table and say, all right, I'm ready to enter awards, look at my data. And we go, wow, that's great. That's all the data you could possibly need. Uh, that's just rare as rocking horse poo. So <laughs> what we find is that um, we have to have a look at their data and fill in the gaps, which is where this whole evaluation thing comes in. Uh, the commonest gap, if you're entering a business, so a lot of your listeners are probably considering entering either industry awards for their service provision, or they're entering small business or startup or, or national business, or maybe enterprise awards, and the best one being the Queen's Award for Enterprise. So there, you might be going for an award like that. So the commonest missing piece of data there for a business is the customer survey. And not just like a, a generic customer survey, it's one that is award friendly. So one that says to the judges, we offer something better than competition. So there's certain types of questions, certain types of benchmarking you can do to, to make your claim that you provide the best service or a better service than was expected or competitors provide. That's the key thing. If you're going to be provider of the year or company of the year, proving that you offer an outstanding customer experience, which leads to satisfied customers, which leads to customer retention and loyalty and advocacy, which leads to more profit. Having that sort of food chain, the value chain of customer experience, that's the, the most common missing data. Companies will always have their financials and hopefully they're favorable. If you can't engineer your financials, so, uh, yeah, you can, your accountants can do various tweaks, but that's for the tax man maybe, or, but it won't be for an award entry. Yeah. So you, there are, you're not, you can't fight your customer satisfaction. Um, you, it's, you shouldn't either. You shouldn't try and present yourself as having happier customers than you actually have. But uh, you can come up with better evidence. Now, if you're entering a project, whether it's a marketing campaign, IT rollout, mobile phone launch, HR initiative, training initiative, um, the thing that's most missing there is evidence of cause and effect. This project can take credit for this uplift in sales. That cause and effect stuff is where we have to get creative and come up with some kind of, in, you can't just go for, we rolled this out, it happened, on time, on budget, and share prices went up, or profits went up, or customer attrition went down. It's too big a leap of faith. So the thing that's missing there, if you're telling a story, a project, or case study-based entry, is the evidence of cause and effect. And that's where you have to get creative. But the good news there is if you do convince the judge that this project can take credit for this outcome, you will beat the competition, because a judge will always lean in favor of the most convincing evidence. Not necessarily the most award-worthy story, but the most convincing evidence, just like in a court of law. So there's an opportunity there. 
Yeah, that's that's really interesting. If I think about any story, uh, any any story that you read always has an amount of um, amount of friction, a, a amount of um, what's the word? There are it's a leap of faith. Yeah, absolutely. And there's ups and downs with every story, so uh, nothing is going to go right first time. And I think it's it's it, certainly when it comes down to transformation story, I wonder if that's part of the narrative that actually, you know, you you spoke to your customers, you found out this, you took you know, took some feedback, and and that was part of the transformation. Yeah, that's absolutely right. What you described there is a very good angle for a story, which is that we transformed our business based on input from our customers. Judges love that. So if that's true, shout about it. Um, a customer-centric story um, makes the judge believe that happier customers is because you listen to customers. Happier staff is because you listen to staff. So listening is a good message. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah we helped a big, one of yeah. the big retailers win an award based just, yeah, they had a really weak story, but we focused on the fact that they listened intently and they won just on the merit of the fact that they listened. So it, yeah, it's, a, it's not necessarily the only angle, but it's, it, it's as you described, it is a great uh, thing to get across. Um, but believing the, the leap of faith that yes, we listen to customers, which is why we are now more profitable, why we grew double digit last year and shrank the year before. Yeah, you've got to, you still got to try and convince the judge of cause and effect there. And a cleverly designed survey could do that or number crunching analytics. Yeah. It's an outcome. But it's, you need to combine a good story with a good angle and good evidence. And different awards in different industries require different degrees of evidence. Some awards are much more focused on the creatives um, and sometimes they're much more focused on the effectiveness of an initiative. Um, but any award which is about effectiveness and you read the criteria and it focuses very much on results and it talks about impact on the business, you know you've got to raise your game in terms of um, evidence of cause and effect and strategic impact. And that's, you know, that's tough. But when you do that evaluation and you do it well, it's not just exciting for the awards. You know, some people, it's like, we've launched a new pension scheme. I think it makes people work for us a bit longer, less likely to leave. I can't prove it though. You say, well, actually, you know what? I think we can. And I reckon you're going to like what you find out. If you believe it's true, it probably is true. Let's find out. And you do an evaluation on the effectiveness of that pension launch. Sure enough, you can put a graph in front of them which shows a relationship between you know, adoption of a pension and loyalty. And they jaw drops and they are so excited to take that graph to their MD or CEO or finance director. Uh, and you just made their day and they'll probably win an award off the back of it. So awards ask for this stuff for a good reason. If you do a good evaluation and you can show cause and effect and you can do, you know, whether it's econometric modeling in uh, marketing or something which says, you know, we can take this much credit for this much impact and it's convincing. It's not just good for awards. It's just good business practice. So do it anyway, I'd say. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And what was interesting as well is this whole divide between rational and emotional judgment and that there yes. is, there's both going on at the same time, isn't there? That they're going to have to make, the judges are going to make a decision based on the evidence that you give, but also is the, the emotional side in terms of the story and how compelling that was, how believable it was. And, and it has to be a story of transformation. Yeah, you absolutely pick up on a very, very important point there, that awards judging is rational and emotional. Uh, some award schemes have an explicit scoring system, which 
forces it to be a very rational decision. And sometimes they have very, very clear and five marks if you read quantitative and qualitative evidence to show business impact for this section of results. Very robotic, very rational. Uh, some awards are a lot more open in their freedom they give their judges to make a decision. Uh, about a tenth of the awards, a surprisingly small proportion, have a second face-to-face -face stage. And uh, this is, you know, I was doing some of this last week, I do some judging, all of our team, everyone hired by Boost does awards judging, it's part of their induction to sit on the other side of a table and listen to people pitch their story. Uh, and, and what's fun is when you do this as an exercise, you help people with, choose their awards and you get them to judge each other and sit there and score. And it's done on exactly what you say. You give a score for the emotional impact and a score for the rational. You give them a scoring criteria for it. And, um, and then you get everyone and say, right, tell me, why did you choose that one as a winner? Why did you score highly for that story and not that story? And sure enough, when people tell you why they scored the way they did, it's normally for the way the story's pitched or the impact it had on them emotionally. So when a story is presented verbally, the decision is very, very much more emotional. It's to do with the presentation of the story, the narrative, the examples, the punchy intro. When it's done as a written entry against the scoring system, it's a much more rational process. So it's, it's very much about tick the boxes and the marks. Um, yes, there is an emotional side, and if you still tell a good story, the judges will lean in your favour. But you're right, it's two sides. It is an art and it is a science. You have to tell a great story, engage the judges, make it a good read, and convince them that the evidence is bulletproof here. We can take credit. We do deserve the award because, yeah, they might have a better story, they might have a better initiative, but we can prove ours worked, and their judge will lean towards you. And that's how, yeah, our, our win rate is pretty big and our number one tactic is we out evidence of competition but we also out storytell and yeah there's a bit of an out graphic design as well but it's not yeah it, it's not easy and when people write an award entry and think i'm going to win on merit we deserve this award i'm just going to chuck in some stuff and the judge will see that we deserve it it's just not true judges do not give awards on merit if you do if you analyze judging decisions you have to earn that vote from the judge. And it's, it's as much about the, the storytelling as it is the content. So it's not easy. So please enter the right awards, put your best foot forwards, but never assume that just because you deserve the award means you're gonna win the award. Yeah, that's fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. Uh, I see a lot of local awards coming up, but there's also awards all over the world. Yeah. Rule of thumb, is it easier to go for a local ward or yeah, certainly more local to get to, but um, in terms of winning, any tips there? You'd think so, wouldn't you? You'd think entering the Brighton and Hope Business Awards, which have a great awards dinner, if you want to have a fun night out, go to their dinner, it's right. a laugh. Um, it, if you go for the, those awards, you'd think that would be easier than the International Business Awards, which are run in America and get um, thousands of entries globally every year. You'd think, wouldn't you? Um, it's actually, if you want to win a trophy and you're happy for it to be gold, silver or bronze, you're probably 20, 30 times more likely to win at the International Business Awards than at the Brighton and Hope Business Awards. Similarly, lots of other local award schemes are tough to win. And, and it's, why is that? Well, actually, the American scheme has uh, over 100 categories and every finalist will get a bronze. Now, okay, it gets so many entries that you, you're going to get 100 applications, but the standard's quite low. 
So, so you're actually very likely to get in the final six and actually pick up a bronze, a silver or a gold, especially if you enter two or three categories. Whereas Brighton Hope Business Awards, yes, loads less entries, but they're very local. They're really cool companies. Yeah, North Ants Business Awards, the Hertfordshire Chamber of Commerce Awards. Yeah, all these local awards are no easier to win. I, I knew a company, a little tiny, you know, early days of Boost, it's a little tiny marketing agency. And this is where I learned this and it's applied and I've seen it over and over again. Little marketing agency, SEO company uh, in Brighton, uh, run by this lovely guy. Um, uh, I won't, I'm not name him, um, but he's called Jason. He's a good guy. Um, and they entered the Sussex Business Awards and they entered the Queen's Award for Enterprise. They entered the Business in the Community Awards. And, um, and they got nowhere in Sussex Business Awards. But he's got a photo on his wall of him receiving an award from Prince Charles and Al Gore at the Business in the Community Awards as the small enterprise of the year. But he didn't win the Sussex Business Awards for exactly the same story. Wow. And, and, that, and then along came the Sussex-based printing company. Again, they were finalists in the Sussex Business Awards. So it's just... It's a coincidence that we're going for uh, Sussex Awards here. It's just because yeah. that's where, when I started Boost, I had a few more local clients. Hardly, Sussex is not the most popular uh, county for our clients. But anyway, uh, this guy, he went for the Queen's Award for Enterprise. They, this printing company, they won the Queen's Award for Enterprise. They won, and they also won at the Business and the Community Awards from Prince Charles. Uh, and again, they didn't win at the Sussex Business Awards for... And it was the same content entered into the three schemes. So that happened twice in two consecutive years in the early days of Boost. And I've seen it over and over again. So we tend to say to people, Do you re why would you enter a local award if there's a strong business rationale that you want to be aligned with a county or a, a town, then fine, go for it. But if you just want to um, win an award, don't think that entering locally is going to be easy to win. And... Um, so there are better choices out there if you want to win a credible award. And most people would sooner say, I'm a national award winner or I'm an international award winner oh, rather than I'm a Northampton award winner or I'm a Liverpool award winner. So it's, it, we tend not to do local awards these days because if someone's got the budget to, to go for it properly um, for the same budget and the same odds, you can probably win yourself a, a more prestigious award. Yeah, sorry, I, I, if you've got local awards organisers listening, I'm really sorry, guys. <laughs> uh, well, no, it, it is what it is. It's um, you know based on your experience, 15 years doing this, and um, so I, I think it's really interesting. And uh, you're right, the international awards, if you've got something like that, it does sound more prestigious. Um, yeah, I suppose yeah. it, it, it's good to. You know, it's good if you've got that that understanding in terms of like what, you know, what to go for. And I suppose it comes back to your core message right at the beginning. Understand the you know which fights you should be fighting. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, interestingly, most awards have an expensive dinner, so I'm just going to chuck in. It's not plugging this scheme because I have any kind of vested interest. I hasten to add, we're very hot on our ethics. We do not take backhanders from awards organisers um, for promoting their awards. The, the mother of all awards in the UK is the Queen's Award for Enterprise. Um, it's got uh, four main categories, but the three big ones are innovation, sustainable development, and international trade. Yep. If you enter that award, it's free to enter. And you don't have to go to a dinner. There isn't a dinner. There's a tea party 
The Tea Party is two people from your company who can be a senior executive, but a frontline staff has to be number two. You can't just send the F, D, and C yet. You go to tea at Buckingham Palace, uh, and that's the equivalent to your awards dinner. But it's free to go to. If you win also, you get a, a, a lovely rose bowl, you get a flag that you're allowed to fly for five years above head office, and you get a minor royal or a lord lieutenant will turn up at your office and, and they would have some person with a passport bringing out, bringing out a really good citation about your industry. And that's the dinner is at your site. And the only bill associated with it is a catering bill. And you do have to make sure you get the dietary requirements right for any royal family member who turns up. But I've been to these things. It's incredible. It's free to enter. You get all of this stuff for free. All you have to do is pay for the catering bill. But winning a Queen's World for Enterprise, the cost is this beast of an application form full of, it's like a minefield. So you've got to tread carefully, pick the right version, tick the right boxes. But it's a very, very robust process. You know, I, I've known a company not win because when they did a search on the company, they found one of the directors was flagged in one of their government agency databases. It, you don't get more robust. Um, but... Yeah, it actually turned out that he was wrongly flagged and he won the next year uh, after a complaint process. But it's a very robust scheme. So you can't fudge it. You can't manipulate the result. you just got to make sure you, you put an evidence base forward that is aligned to the criteria and is robust. And often the fact that you deserve the award is simply not enough. You've got to earn it with evidence and narrative. And that's the ultimate... Price. It doesn't have to be expensive. You don't have to buy a table at an award dinner in London. Spend the money instead on writing a really good entry. Yeah. So it sounds to me that it is something for everybody, but you just have to make sure that you enter the right award and make yes. sure to have a good submission. Now you've got a really good resource that would be quite handy for people to get hold of. It's um, a list of all of the different awards. You said, was it? Was it two and a half thousand? Did you say three and a half thousand awards? Three and a half thousand, yeah. Um, wow. The the thing that it, uh, yeah, we spend an awful lot of money. Uh, we got a member of our team manages it. We've got an IT guy on payroll as well, and we subcontract some of the searching as well, but not a huge amount because you, know, you try it. It's hard to get it right. But we got this place is www.awards-list.co.uk. So awards. But if you search for anything like HR awards or customer service awards, you'll find it anyway. But awards-list.co.uk is the .com version as well, which is the international equivalent. And just go there and you'll see all the awards. You don't have to register to, to access the list. It's just a free resource. It's all out there. It's listed in date order with hyperlinks. Um, you can browse by region, by industry. You know, There's a, 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 a facility on the left to filter the results it's all cool and it's all free so you know why wouldn't you go and all i'd ask is if you do go please opt in to our mailing list in this post gdpr compliant world where we've had to lose a big chunk of our mailing list please do opt in because we're trying to bump up the numbers again so yeah that's the only thing i'd ask in return but yeah free resource use it why yeah not? yeah do that yeah I, um, i've been receiving this for quite some time and yes i am on your mailing list uh, yay. So, <laughs> yay. <laughs> thank you <laughs> my pleasure uh so yeah I, i'll put the link up on the the show notes page so people can go and find the link to your resource there um thank you are, are you about on social media how can people connect with you yeah well, on twitter we're at boost awards uh we're going to rebrand boost awards soon we're currently boost marketing but our twitter handle's always been at boost awards as are some of our overseas entities 
So, and yeah, you'll find, uh, uh, yeah, we're on Facebook, but Twitter's the main thing. LinkedIn, you know, if you look for Chris Robertson Boost Marketing, I know my name is generic, but uh, yeah, you have to search for me, Boost Marketing. Please do connect, uh, drop me a note. Um, and yeah, it's one thing to just point out, right now is awards deadline silly season. It, you know, we've had to announce on the company update call this morning, uh, our latest holiday policy, which basically says, please don't ask for holiday in June. Um, it, it is deadline season. So please don't put this off a month or she will miss deadline season. It's May and June and July are, are crazy times for awards deadlines. So don't put this off if you're interested in entering awards this year because you will miss the bulk of the deadlines. Great advice. I had so much fun talking with Chris. Um, really nice guy, actually very thoughtful as well. So Chris, if you listen to this, thank you. Thanks for being there and thanks for sharing all that you did. Thanks to Chris today for making this episode possible. Thanks to you also, the listener, and also our sponsor, WordPerfect VA. Grammar geeks, punctuation pedants, and spelling specialists, WordPerfect VA is my go-to solution for whatever I want, website, copy, written, and reviewed. Like many businesses, you may rely on a website to explain what you do and the services you offer. Your website is the front face of your business online, a virtual shop window. It's incredibly important then that the first impression a potential client gets when looking at that shop window is a good one. But did you know that 85% of your website visitors' judgment is influenced by that first impression? If they spot bad grammar or poorly written content, the quality of your business will be judged and just like a grimy shop window, your visitors will quickly move on to your competitor's site. Thanks to the relationship we've got with Janice Gilbert, the founder of WordPerfect VA. If you'd like some copy written for your website or publication, and you're a business owner or author, check out WordPerfect VA by going to their website at wordperfectva.co.uk forward slash get real, and you'll be able to get a free five page review. So that's wordperfectva.co.uk forward slash get real. I just want to finish up by echoing something that Chris said fairly early on in the interview. And what he was talking about is that there is a business award for everyone. There really is. So there's one for you. And it seems to me, particularly entrepreneurs in smaller companies tend to be quite shy sometimes about putting themselves forward. One of the things that switched me on to the idea of business awards is the fact that there's a local entrepreneur near me who runs a very small insurance company there really is just a handful of people in his business is a fledgling business but i see him pop up at one event after the other and it literally is a case that every year he comes back and says i've won the best this and the best that and consistently he's bringing in business awards and by making that his focus what he's able to do is instantly differentiate himself from all the other insurance providers out there even the big boys and you heard him, Chris told us today that it has a significant impact on helping people to make a buying decision when signing up with you. So I want to encourage you, if you're thinking that, yes, maybe this is something I'd like to do, give it a go. You have nothing to lose beyond a bit of time. There are costs associated with business awards, but depending on which business award you go into, the price ticket does not need to be huge. And of course, it all comes down to value. If you can position yourself and your company as an award-winning business, then there is a good chance that you'll make that money back and more. Just on the extra business and the additional prestige that comes with that. 
So if you're wondering whether it should be you, give it a go. You have nothing to lose. I want to thank you for being here today. We're going to be back next week with the lovely Lorraine Adibowell. And the episode is really a follow-up on the one that I did, episode 33, dealing with burnout. So we did that a couple of episodes back. Uh, If you haven't listened to that episode, I've had a lot of really good feedback on that. So make sure you go back and listen to that. And next week's episode, which is episode number 37, Lorraine will be sharing her thoughts on that very subject. So make sure that you come back to us for that next episode. And of course, if you want to check out the previous episode, that's on the show notes page for today. Speaking of which, the link that you need for today's show notes is getrealaboutbusiness.com forward slash 36. All the links that we've mentioned in today's episode are on that page, so do go and check it out. That's getrealaboutbusiness.com forward slash 36. Well, that really is it today. Here's to you and your highly successful business.